Let us turn our Bibles to Revelations, Revelations chapter 17, Revelations chapter 17. Revelations chapter 17. Let's read verses 1 to 6 together. Verses 1 to 6. Reading. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-coloured beast, full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet colour, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of martyrs, Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And now also uh, read um, verse 17, verse 17 together. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your Holy Word, that we may know the truth and what is to come in the future. Lord, we know thy Word is truth, and thou cannot lie. So we know that these things will happen. Only teach us not to be part of this. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let us continue on false teachings in the church. Let us please turn to page 180 in the old book, 202 in the new book. Now I'm trying to help us see the overall picture. The overall picture of why we must study the different false movements. Alright, so please follow. It is important. If we see it only piecemeal, we may feel, ah, oh, this is very unloving to talk about all these things. Now, we just read in scriptures, we just read about the abomination of the end times. There will be an abomination at the end times which is full of blasphemy. means all sorts of things that are against the name of God. Right? And it will be all sorts of fornication. means all sorts of filthiness in there. And this woman, this harlot woman, represents the end times one world religion. Alright, the one world religion. Satan will sit on top of this and the whole world will worship him. So this is what is going to be. All the kings, politicians, kings of religion in the religious realm, all will come and give worship to him. We read that. So this will happen. 
Right? So Christians, you must realize that. God tells us all this for a reason. We've been studying the, the different kinds of false movements that will lead to this, that will become part of this fornication. Now, what are the four key movements, or maybe five now, that we must remember? What's the first one? Roman Catholicism. Second, no, this is huge. Big part of the world, false, false, false um, teachings. What's the next one? Ecumenical movement. Ecumenical means bring everything to one house. Ecumenical movement, drawing to that. What's the third one? Charismatic movement, all right, which we'll talk about today. And then another one, new evangelical movement, remember. And then we've been studying in church, we studied recently in church. The recent one, developing from all this, the progressive Christianity, right? So those of you who have not followed, please watch the series. We have loaded it. Now, remember that is the Roman Catholic Church, right? The Roman Catholic Church, false movement. How will it end up bringing us there? What is the ecumenical movement? The ecumenical movement has three goals. Remember, what is the near-term goal? Jemima. To unite all Protestants. To unite all Protestants. Unite them all. What is the mid-term goal? Uh, Eugene. To unite Protestants with Roman Catholics. You must unite Protestants first. Then you can bring the whole Protestant world to the Roman Catholic world. I understand that. That's what is happening. Now, then what's the long-term goal? Justin. To unite all this to all other religions. And therefore, the ecumenical movement can therefore then bring all this to what we read in Revelations 17, 18. Alright? So please know that. Now, we have studied the Roman Catholic religion. We have studied about how Satan must bring all Protestants together. What is the thing? Get rid of denominations, correct? Get rid of denominations. Now, one of the things that keeps the Roman Catholics and the Protestants, and Protestants and Protestants, apart, and, and apart from all religion, is the what? Elaine. Say again. Say again. Doctrines, alright? Doctrines. Doctrines are found in the Bible. Very good. So, doctrines. Doctrines keeps us apart, correct? Doctrines keep us apart. Now, how to get rid, how to get people over, get them stop thinking about doctrines? How to get them to start ignoring the Bible? How? How to get people to, stop ignoring, to start ignoring the Bible? You can't get rid of the Bible. The Bible is going to exist on earth. How to do it? Three things. Um, Jeremy, when it comes to the Word of God, they will? Question, okay. Three, I keep saying, three things they will do to the Bible. Cults, false religion, false, in, and so on. What are they? Uh, CP. Alright, so remember this. Please see the picture, huh? they will add. Subtract. 
twist. Right? I try to draw to help you remember. Whenever you see any teachings in, in anywhere that adds, minus, and twist, these guys like to add, add the apocrypha. Twist, love to twist. Cults, the same. They will do that. Now, by the way, in order for this to happen, as far as it comes to Christ, the Lord, what will they do? Hazel. Attack his word. What else? Attack his works and his person, right? So, remember this picture. It will always be like that. You want to know who, who's a cult? Straight away, if they say Jesus is not God, they attack his person. Straight away, you know it's a cult. Very quick, very easy. Straight away, if they say, oh, the Roman Catholics, you need Christ and, you know, they attack his works. His works. Right? So, one thing in common in all this, you will notice it is the word. The word. Okay? Alright, so now I set the stage. Now you will begin to understand why Satan must start the, Rome, the, the charismatic movement. So we've done this, we've done this, now we come to this. The charismatic movement, we studied last week. Now let's turn to page 202, uh, 180 or 202. So we, we studied the history how charismatic movement started. Can you see? So we studied how it started. Now we look at the content. How Roman how charismatic movement will help to achieve the ecumenical movement. Now one of the things we learned last week was the key thing about how Roman Catholics today and Protestants come together and say, hey, you know, let's I think we can ignore the Bible. Come on. It is common what? Sing Yun. Common. The charismatic and the Protestants have a common. Common Sujin. <laughs> common experience. What's the experience? Uh, Sujin. Speaking in tongues. Now, because of this phenomena that exploded, we Protestant realm, people start speaking in tongues. Then Roman Catholics start speaking in tongues. The problem that keeps us apart is still the Bible, correct? But now people say, since you, have, you can speak in tongues, I can speak in tongues, let's just ignore this. Bible differences, these doctrinal differences. Because if you speak in tongues, I speak in tongues, then we have the common Holy Spirit. If we have the same Holy Spirit, I forget about all these doctrines. We can come together. Understand? So why Satan must create this false movement is so that he forms, remember we said the Now, for ecumenical movement to bring things together, they need glue. Understand? You want to put anything together and get them to stick together, you need glue. This common experience becomes the glue. Tongues. Common experience. Is there a common experience 
with the unbelieving religion? Joanna, eh, Joanne. Any common experience with other religion? Which one? When it comes to tongues? Meaningless words. Meaningless? Uh, no, not so much that. Oh, maybe you heard of tanki? <laughs> you know tankis? Alright? They speak in tongues. These are the Buddhist priests. They go into a trance and they will speak in tongues. Is that a glue? Eventually, they also speak in tongues. Not yet. But now, that common experience is being built. The other Hindus, and all, when they go into a trance and all that. So, all these people, they will go into a trance and they will speak in their angelic tongues also. So, a common experience is why charismatic movement is helping the ecumenical movement. Understand that? Now, let's see what other things in there. Because the Christians sometimes get stumped. You get stumped and they say certain things and mm, yeah, how to explain that. Now, please look at page 181 in the old book. Uh, now, let's, maybe let's address tongues first, alright? Let's quickly address tongues first. Um, page 186, old book, 208, new book. 186 or 208. Now, let's address this tongue. First and foremost, we must be very clear in our hearts. Is that tongue speaking in the Bible? Obviously. Alright, Acts chapter 2. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2. So, for any one of you who are a bit, you know, doubtful, you look, they speak in tongues, right? Tongues is in the Bible. Well, some of you are familiar, please be patient. Some are not. Acts chapter 2. Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Um, you can view the FEBC materials on charismatic Q&A. Now, X chapter 2. Now, we know, we know it very well. In X chapter 2, verse, verses 1 to 3, we read that at the day of Pentecost, there was a rushing of the wind, the Holy Spirit came upon the people, and they began to speak in tongues. Verse 4, let's read together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So was their tongue speaking? We know. We read the rest. They spoke in tongues. Now, is this tongue speaking in the Bible the same as the charismatic movement tongue speaking? We started um, in the 1900s. Now let's, let's look at the first thing you always remember. Is it the same? Now please know that the Bible specifically gave in Acts chapter 2 that this word tongues are languages. Now can you please look at verse 8? Let's read verse 8 together. And how we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. What is this tongue? This tongue are languages, dialects. How can... It is people speaking in our own dialect, in our own language, in which we were born. So it's about their native language. Right? So suddenly you hear, what are the languages? Look at verse, verses 9 to verse 11. Over and over again, 
Now, God does not waste space, waste breath, waste time. He writes things in the Bible for reasons. This is given specifically to tell us these are real human languages. Alright, real human languages. Now again, let's read verse 11. Cretes and the Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues. Speak what? Speak the wonderful works of God. How can they understand that they were saying wonderful works of God? Because they can understand, correct? They can understand. So the Bible is clear. Number one, they are languages, human languages. When it comes to tongues in the Bible, they are human languages. Today, tongue speaking, all the while when it so-called restarted or rather started, they're not languages. To today, linguists go there and record. The unbelieving world are curious about this phenomena. They record linguists. They cannot find any pattern in it. Even if it is an unknown language, you will still find patterns. There are no patterns. It is in, unintelligible, cannot be understood. Is it the same tongue that God gave? No. Number one. Number two. Well, maybe this is just a continuation or a new thing. Now, please look at... Um, now, this is a phenomena once and that's it. Once and that's it. This was a fulfillment of prophecy. Look at Acts chapter 2. Now, when they say, oh, these people, they, they, are, they must be drunk. What rubbish. But they know that they're speaking human languages. Alright, so now you look at, then Peter explains. In verse 14, he stood up and he explained. He said, this is a fulfillment of prophecy, verse 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So he said, this is fulfillment of prophecy. And then he says in verse 17, um, yeah, verse 18, 17 and 18, these things will happen. This, at this point, was a fulfillment. Alright, it's fulfillment of prophecy is one-time fulfillment. It's not fulfilled now, then later fulfilled again. This was a fulfillment at one time. Of course, verse 20, verse 20 is not something that's been fulfilled yet. So, Peter tells them, this is spoken of the prophet Joel. This is this part of the fulfillment. So you must know, we are, this is God bringing things to pass. This is not something that happened randomly. We are not drunk. Okay, now then the question is this. Number one, there are languages. Number two, should it still exist today? Turn to Corinthians. So you just write these few things, alright? I need you to be clear. I don't want you to go away and still doubt in your heart. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians chapter 14. Now let us read verse 8 together. Charity never faileth. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, sorry, 13, verse 8, reading, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now God says that there comes a time when tongues shall cease. Tongues shall cease. The question is, when does tongues cease? Number one, their languages. 
This was not a language in the first place. Even if it is, has it ceased? When shall it cease? Look at verse chapter 13. Now, um, verse, let's read verses 9 and 10 together. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So he said, God says, these things are temporal. Um, Tongues, prophesying, they are temporal things. It will cease. When will it cease? When that which is perfect is come. Then it will cease. What is this perfect thing? Well, the charismatics would say, this perfect thing is Jesus coming. Jesus is perfect, right? When the perfect Jesus comes back, then there's no more need for prophecies, there's no more need for tongue speaking. Okay? That is one. Um, another one, others say, well, when, fi- when we finally, when heaven comes on earth. Heaven. Alright, heaven. So you say, these are the, oh, when these things happen, then tongues will cease. Well, obviously these things have not happened yet. But when you look at the word perfect, you cannot run away from the fact that this word perfect in the Greek is in the neuter gender. You know neuter gender means not, not male or female. That's the wonderful thing about the Greek language. It's very precise. You know it's male, you know it's female, or you know it's neuter. Alright? Neuter gender. So, can it be Jesus? In the Bible, when it refers to Jesus, when it refers to He, Jesus, it is always, what, you, what do you think it is? Masculine. Alright? Masculine gender. Heaven, the same. Heaven is also not in a um, neuter gender. It is also masculine. So, the fact that God used this, God is re- not referring to heaven, God is not referring to Jesus. In fact, this same word perfect refers to the Bible. How do we know? And Bible word logos neuter. How do we know? Now, if you turn to your BBK books, page 183, uh, I think the new book is 205. Now, can you see James 125? James 125 at the bottom of page 183. Can we read together? But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, here James used the same word. God uses the same word. Perfect. That, the perfect law of liberty. When a man look at the perfect law of liberty and do, he's talking about the Bible. The context is he's talking about the Bible. So this perfect is the Bible. When the Bible is is given. Now, in fact, the word tongue shall cease is a cease by itself. Even before this, the total completion, at some point, God says, when the, when the purpose is fulfilled, it will cease by itself. Alright, so it cannot be the coming of Jesus, then tongues stop. cannot be when we get to heaven, then tongues stop. So it has to do with the Bible. So just and among many, many other facts, alright? So I want us to remember two clear things. The Bible says there are languages, and the Bible says tongue ceases at some point. And it has ceased for a long time. It's so-called falsely revived by 
the Pentecost. So, languages and... So that's all I want to say, alright? There are many materials you could use. Now, it comes back to the Bible again. The next thing about the charismatic movement, so we spoke about tongues already. The next thing is when it comes to experience. Alright, let's turn to page... Um, Page two is page one eight four, page one eight four, or page two zero six in the new book. Page one eight four. Now the charismatic movement. Another thing that they emphasize is very obvious: experience and feeling. Experience and feeling. So it's written there. Now experience, to them, is something that they put as higher than God's word. I've told you many times. You speak to charismatics. You show them, show them, show them, and say, yeah, actually, I can't, I can't argue with you. All these are in the Bible. It's clear. But how do you explain that I can speak in tongues? I actually had an ex-colleague. <clears throat> he told me. He said, you know, I was always against tongue speaking for all my life. But one day, when I was driving along the highway in Singapore, <clears throat> I was driving along ECP, then he started to speak in tongues when he was driving. Hmm? Then he said, from then on, I believe tongues is real. So I say, in the past, why did you not believe in tongue speaking? Because the Bible says. I said, why do you now believe? Because I experienced. How do you explain that? So to them, because they experienced it, they started to speak in tongues. And therefore... Therefore, it must be real. We just studied progressive Christianity, right? If what is real to you is real, what philosophy did it come from? Ben Khan. Wow, cannot remember. Say again? It's liberalism, but what aspect of it? Anyone remember? It's called existentialism. Please know, all these are drawn, this kind of way of interpreting Christian life, the Bible, is drawn from philosophy. Existentialism says, what you read, what you experience, if it is real, then it is real to you. If, it is, if I don't experience or I read it, I don't feel anything, I don't feel. Remember, it's about feeling, experience. I don't feel anything, then it is not real. So how I interpret the Bible? Well, if the, if the Bible speaks to you like that, then it is real to you. But it doesn't speak to me like that. Understand this. So, experience... I'll put it this way. Experience is greater than the Bible. Know that. Why it is like that? Why is experience greater than the Bible? Why must it be like that? Aaron, why do you think it must be like that? In order to become a glue. Why must Satan create a movement that makes experience, and people will love experience and feelings, greater than the Bible in order to form make it into glue. Why? Divide. Well, the only thing that divides is the Bible. The moment you can create something which people feel is more wonderful, I would like rather subscribe to that than the Bible. Then straight away you have just gotten rid of the authority of the Bible. 
you created a very good glue, understand that? Ecumenical movement needs glue. Alright? You created a great glue because people love experience. Now, what is the authority from here onwards for the charismatics? It is called, the author, their authority is their feelings and their experience. Okay? So now, then it goes further. How to make this glue even stickier? Alright, now, let's look at other experiences. Page 185. Alright, 185. Miracles. Mir miraculous healings. So they say, I experienced, you know. I experienced. I was having a very, very bad flu. They prayed and then the flu went away. Experience. Any experience. Now remember, Satan can, ex can appear as an angel of light. Hmm? I was feeling very down. And then, you know, I spoke in tongues and I felt a lot better. That kind of things. So, miracles, healings, and so on. But there's one thing that is very important. Remember the three waves. The three waves of the, pen, the tongue speaking movement. What are the three waves? Who remember? Yo, first wave. Very good. First, well, no more space. Different color. Uh, Alright, first wave. First wave is called the Pentecostal movement. When it first started speaking in tongues, it's not, it's not Presbyterian, it's not Methodist, it's not Baptist. Pentecost is where it happened. Pentecostal. First wave, Pentecostal. But these were people that the denomination don't like. They're like crazy people. You know, they scream and all sorts of things. The, the normal denominations didn't like them. But they spoke in tongues. They remember this. Even other... Presbyterians, Anglicans, Methodists, Baptists, they started to speak in tongues. Oops, common experience, right? But they don't like to be called Pentecostals because they always think that they're a bit crazy people. So then they call it what? The next wave. Don't know. Can't remember. The charismatic movement. They didn't want to be called Pentecost. So charisma, gift, they call themselves charismatics. Okay? They're charismatics. Then the third wave, Ichung. What's the third wave? Uh, that's more the third wave, alright? Then we have now the power evangelism or the third wave movement where it's all about power evangelism. It's about the other one, apostles. Now we started at Tinsky and A. Now this stage is where. They will focus on miracles. Ah, yeah, don't keep talking about doctrines. Ah. Come, come and be healed. They keep talking about all these experiences they have. I have dreams, I have visions, all, all kind of things, right? So, power evangelism. Use, evan use miracles, the power of miracles, to convince people that God is real. Evangelize them, power evangelism. Now, but then something began to sprout up. By the way, at this time, they're all, all the laughing like, eh, howling like dogs, um, laughing, laugh, holy laughter, um, um, quacking like ducks. All the, you go to church, they'll be doing that. Right? They're squirming around the floor like snakes. All that kind of thing. So, the holy laughter movement and all that. Now, then it came, they start to say, <laughs> they don't only revive 
tongues, they revived capital A apostles, right? We studied in, in Youth 180. Third wave, they will talk about the capital A apostles. Why must they invent capital A apostles? Jeremy. Add. Add. Remember, add. You want to get rid of this, you need to add. Add. Why, prophet, why prophets, why, why, why do we say add? Because the Bible is complete, correct? According to us, not to them. In order, in order for experience, in order for experience to be greater than the Bible, in order for a preacher to preach something and you accept it, even though it contradicts the Bible, even if it does this to the Bible, in order for you to accept a preacher saying things and you will accept, even though it does this to the Bible, then he must be a, he must be a prophet, right? He can override what is, has been written. God has told me, but God says that tongues as if God has appeared to me in a dream that he has brought back tongues again. God has changed his mind. Right? So now the Bible is continued to be written. The Roman Catholics exposed already when they add to God's word. Now you have to create one in the Protestant realm to add to God's word. But I said, Roman Catholics have only one Pope that say what I say is what God says. Now in the, charis in the charismatic world, in this realm, we have many apostles that can come up and say, what I say is God's, what God says. The Pope, basically the Pope is, what I say is what God says, right? Now the apostles, what I say is God say. So will this slowly, 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 slowly become less and less looked as authority? Now who is the authority? Capital A, apostles. Do you understand why? In the third wave, capital A apostles must rise. Understand that. The charismatic movement is not a movement from God. The tongues is not from God. Any movement, any movement that contributes to bring this to pass, a movement that hmm, Roman Catholics and us have the same experience, can it be from God? Cannot. A movement that adds by dreams and visions. You know, this dreams and vision is so powerful that students in our church, they go to schools and they come back. My Christian teacher says, you should learn to have dreams and visions. That's very important. You're guided by dreams and visions. This is what, what is being taught by Christians. So, dreams and visions that adds to the Word of God cannot be a movement that is from God. The charismatic movement. Now, if I say to you, before, telling you, before showing you all this, if I say the charismatic movement is from the devil, <laughs> you may find that uh, that's too strong a statement. Without seeing this picture, you will always find that is, we are too... We are too um, too dramatic, <laughs> too, too drama. 
But when you look at the overall picture and the overall plan of Satan to bring this to pass, he needs all this glue to make the Bible less and less the focus, the authority of living and doctrines. Okay? So remember that. Now, last one, and then we have to close. Now, last one that you can get stumped. Say, ah, okay, all this, doctrinally, yes. But, pastor, there's something I cannot explain when they say to me, and when I see, my heart also flutter. Page 182. 182. 182. New book, page 204. Good reports of changed lives. This is the one. Alright? Now, because of this charismatic renewal, Pentecostal renewal, third wave, you know, well, third wave, a lot of Christians became very spiritual. You know, Pastor, you know, since my mother attended a charismatic church, uh, before that she was not interested in reading the Bible, not interested in praying, not interested in going to the church, but now she's like a different person, you know, her life is totally changed. Isn't that good? Susan, isn't that good? How can you say not good? Are you a Christian or not? <laughs> they love Christ more, you know. They obey Christ more. <laughs> believing in the wrong thing. How do you know they're believing in the wrong thing? Benedict, does not, did not Jesus say, by their fruits, you will know. They're bearing plenty. Plenty of fruits. They love the Bible. They serve more. They read the. They, they encourage me to go to church. Their fruits are so abundant. More than you BPCWA people. <laughs> huh? They're so vibrant in evangelism and love to one another. Their experience. By their fruits, you will know. By their fruits alone, let's just ignore all this. Uh, rubbish. You look at their fruits. Proof. Jesus says so. How? Benedict. What's the question? The question is, are you listening? The question is, when they say, look at all the fruits. They're so evangelistic, they love the Lord. Look at my parents, their lives are changed. By their fruits you will know. So this movement must be real. How dare you say this movement is from the devil? God's word is above experience. But God's word say, by their fruits ye shall know. We are also judging by God's word, right? How? CP? See, all of us think, well, I think next week we better attend the charismatic church down the road. How? Okay, no time. <laughs> by their fruits you will know, right? What is the definition of fruits? Ellen? They really love Christ, you know. Give you such a big hint already. Okay, teens. Okay, youth 180. Jemima, they really love... Oh, no, you were not there. Anna, they really love Christ. Jennifer. What is... Jeremy, please. Save us, we've got to fit in. What is love? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's tied to truth. It's tied to truth. 
God's word is truth. The fruit is not changed lives. The fruit of changed life. What aspect is changed? The aspect that is changed is I will accept God's truth above my own experiences. Understand that. That is what a changed life is. A changed life is a genuine changed life that is fruit. Fruit is not just more people get saved and all that. Read Matthew 24. Read Matthew 27. Read Matthew 7. There will be many that will come to say. Many. And they will say, I've done miracles just like this. I have, we have preached in your name. We have done so many things in your name, Lord. We have so much fruits. But the Lord said, I don't know you. The fruit of a changed life is absolute obedience to the Word of God. Once you see this, this becomes what I obey, not changed lives. Okay? You know what changed life? Lots of people who go to anonymous, alcoholic anonymous, their lives are changed, you know? The, in Buddhism, their monks probably live more holy life than us. Change lives. So is their religion true now? Change lives is not, in that, in that aspect, is not the test. Truth is the test. Obedience to the truth is the test. Let us pray.